check mic, check mic, one, two, one, two, and go. <laughs> Vipika Dim, welcome to Lost in Our 40s. This is a podcast giving Kenyan women a voice on growing up and liking it, or at least trying to. <laughs> I'm your host, Shiro, and each week we shine a light on ways we can try and make life work better for us. Grab your favorite drink and let's chat for a while. Karibu. Today's episode is titled The Allegory of the Cave. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, maybe not that dramatic, but maybe a little curious. You may have heard of the story before. This is a story given by um, Plato, Manga Flani, called Plato. <laughs> um, I'll give you the description of how I came across this story and, you know, what it meant to me. I'll do it with my own... Um, is it allegory? <laughs> My own cover tale. Um, I'll, I'll give a description. It's not exactly what happened with me, but it's um, probably a more relatable version of the story. And the feelings at least are real. So here goes. It was um, not so long ago. I, I was, um, the example I'll use is a job. So let's say I had a job that I absolutely loved. Everything about this would rev me up in the morning to go to work. I was, you know, super passionate about everything we were doing. It was just amazing. I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed my workmates. I enjoyed our output. And, you know, I kept a little journal in which I'd be talking about, you know, every day's work and how I really felt about it and how wholesome it made me feel. And then I was um, sacked. So, you know, fired, told to go. The job is ended. Don't come in tomorrow. And um, interestingly, my experience of this was relief. I felt relieved. And because of that, I had to go back into myself. Um, again, this is not the real scenario, but I'm just talking about a, a related situation and, and the feelings that that came out of it. The relief I felt was almost palpable. And then I had to step aside. I, I called myself into a meeting and was asking myself, well, what is this about? I went back to the journals that I had written. And, you know, I was looking in and I was looking at them and they had pages and pages of such happiness. And then I wondered how could I have thought that I was happy and not actually be happy. How is it possible to experience contradictory things at the same time? How could I have been happy and yet so um, earth-shatteringly relieved when um, the situation came to an end? And this disturbed me greatly. It's when I was pondering this that I came across um, Plato's story of the cave. So in this story, there are um, a few people, a number of guys who have been living their lives in a cave. They are um, sitting up against a wall and they're chained to the wall and can't really move. All they can see is um, a wall in front of them that reflects scenarios um, going on in the outside world above and outside of them. 
So all they do all day is sit around watching what's happening on the screen. And on the screen, you know, they, they'll see maybe people passing, a horse passing and, and things like that. And they can hear. They can hear the noises and voices coming out from the um, outside world. So their perspective is that there is no outside world. Their perspective is that the images that are on the screen in front of them is what life is all about. And this is their perspective because this is all they have ever seen. At some point, one of them manages to um, escape the chains in some way or other and makes his way outside. He manages to get out of the cave. And when he gets out of the cave, it turns out that the images that they are seeing, even the people and the horses that are passing by, are not actually real people. They are projections like um, puppets which have been put up on the wall outside, and it is the reflection of some light that is casting these um, images onto the wall in front of the people inside the cave. He then looks around and realizes that there is a whole world outside there. There are real people, three-dimensional people, and you know, they have real voices, and there is a whole city, and lo and behold, there is a sun, there is full life, there is full meaning, there is much, much more than what um, he had before thought was the full existence of the world. So this is a change of perspective for him. And he at first um, doesn't understand it, because at first when he gets out, the light blinds him. So he, you know, does not, he's not able to grasp what he is seeing. But as his eyes get accustomed to the light, then he does manage to understand and see that there is much, much more to life than what had been his experience. So excited with this information, he decides to go back in and free the other captives in the cave and tell them of this wonderful um, existence and also that the fact that so much more lies beyond the cave and the darkness that they are used to. On his way back in, because of having been exposed to the sun, the sudden darkness now also blinds him. And when he tries to explain what he has seen to the people who are inside the cave, they think that, you know, his experience can't have been that good because he was unable to adapt to life in the cave. So their understanding of it is that whatever it is that he went through was worse than what they had been living and they would not be convinced to either try to go out or that what they are seeing is not true. They probably just thought that he was crazy and left it at that. Given my experience, this story hit me in a certain way. The imagery was very strong because this is the first time I was really looking at the idea that there is a possibility that reality is not real, that my experience of um, a situation might not be all there is. I was the people seated on the cave while I was having the happy experience at work. I had limited my reality and even convinced myself that this is all there was and that I was very happy in that situation. In that, I hadn't taken in um, other 
perspectives. If again I go to the people in the cave, they probably not realize that they can't turn their necks, that their asses are tired from sitting around all day. That <laughs> I don't even know what they were eating. But the point being that there is more to a person than the mind. Because that's all the people in the cave were interacting with, their minds. And I realized that the feeling of relief must have come from outside my mind, which is, in that case for me, it was my body. So I realized that it's possible to get um, different feedback from the mind and from the body. It's just that I had never really listened to my body. I didn't I hadn't known that it's possible for there to be different things. Well, I know my body can feel hungry and tired and that kind of thing, but I didn't realize that my body could give me um other kind of information, intuitive information. But not just intuition, that the body has its own knowledge. I fast forward my tale to a couple of years later when I was reading um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. I always feel the need to provide a disclaimer <laughs> when I mention Dr. Joe Dispenza, because uh, you can Google him. He says a lot of things. But I will credit him with um, the knowledge that he shares in the book that there are three separate um, systems that operate within your body. There is, now they're called three brains. And if you Google it, it's actually a thing. So it's not just um, woo-woo <laughs> philosophy. It's um, a scientific knowledge now that um, there is information that travels from your heart to your brain and from your gut to your brain. So the brain is not the overall central system as it was thought. There are three brains, so three separate systems that operate individually. And that was the reason why it is possible to have information within you that doesn't come from the logical, everyday thinking. And I thought this was just earth shattering. This was for me super interesting. I, I I am very curious. So I thought that having experienced it myself, this was something um, to be welcomed. The realization that my perception of reality may not be real. It may not be all that there is. And it, it's interesting because it brings a new dimension to this uh, thing we've always been told, that you need to be able to look at things from other people's perspectives. So if you can put your perspective aside, because we tend to think that what we know must be true. So if you can put your own perspective aside, then you open up the door to... First, understanding your own fallibility. You know, you're not perfect. And in a way that is a little easier to palate. <laughs> because it's your lack of perfection comes from the fact that different people are experiencing different things. This is why you could go to the same music show, Beyonce, a Beyonce concert, 
And even though everyone is seeing the same thing in theory, they could be seeing different things. First, of course, because of where you're seated, you know, maybe you're seated to the side and you don't see the twin on the other corner doing a particular thing. Now, that's one thing. But more to the point, it could be that you didn't have breakfast in the morning. And because of that, your blood sugar is low. And because of that, you're irritated by the fact that um, Beyonce came on super late and then you did not enjoy the spectacle <laughs> in the way you would have if you had eaten. The sound quality may affect Mary and Rachel differently, dep depending on if they grew up <laughs> in, in Nairobi Matatu's listening to um, loud music. You know, it could be that um, the dress, the, the, the clothes that the performers are wearing may affect you differently, touch you differently, may bring about different um, feelings in you. If, say, you've grown up in a conservative church environment where wearing anything above the knee was frowned upon, that might have an impact on your overall experience. All of this to say that it's a good idea to get into the practice of questioning ourselves, questioning our experiences, questioning our view of reality. It may be as simple as taking a few minutes within our day and quietly looking at what we are doing and why we are doing it and inviting um, the body to take part in this conversation. How do we listen to our bodies? We might wonder. How do you start um, engaging with the body for its opinion? <laughs> One critical path that I learned from a podcast, uh, if I remember what it is, I'll put it in the show notes, um, was the need to forgive our bodies. We have been often waging a kind of war against our bodies, all these things that we don't like about ourselves. If you think that your little finger is too short, you have been attacking that little finger all your life and not giving it room to breathe. We don't often give our bodies space to um, serve us in the way that they do. We don't think of our bodies as serving us. We think of our bodies as ourselves and so all the um, meanness we are used to perpetrating against ourselves. We also direct to our bodies. But let's take time to thank our bodies. Take the time to look at ourselves. And moving out of the criticizing um, chorus that we're used to having whenever we look at that little finger or whatever it is about ourselves we don't like, let us learn to appreciate our bodies because this is the form that we are here in. You shall be with your body your whole life. Granted, you could do a couple of things to change it, but it was probably fine just the way it was, even though society has given you a lot of um, information to the contrary. But the little finger is serving its little finger purpose, even if you think it's too short. So here's an exercise. Um, look at yourself in a mirror, preferably in the nude, but if your circumstances don't allow you to do that, and I mean full body, if you can, look at yourself in a mirror and 
Notice first that your eyes probably go into everything that you think is wrong and start a practice of looking at the things that are right. Start a practice of appreciating whatever it is about yourself. It could be, I, I won't give you examples, but take the practice of appreciating you. Over time, this will create a grounding that will make it easier to perceive the communication that is happening outside of your mind. Well, that's it for our episode today. Um, a lot to think about and an exercise. I hope we can get into the practice of being kinder to ourselves. Thank you for listening. Ciao.